0: Pascal yeah, you should see this lady, she's gorgeous, outside, inside, and she can sing, she's one of those spoiled brats of the Lord. So Pascal, hello, how are you doing?
1: Hi Janine, I'm super, super excited to be talking to you today. I mean, you've got music to release and you've been working up to this and you've
0: been counting down to the release days, I'm sure, oh, not yes. sleeping at night, ah!
1: It's time. It's time.
0: <laughs> so <laughs> the time is here, and it is out into the world. So let's let's not assume people remember our previous conversation when you released
1: your previous stuff. It's been a while right. now. Yes, it's been a it's been two years on the dot. Wow, two years since August 2021 when I released my first single titled "Settle Down My Soul." So yes, it's been a while. A lot has happened. A lot has changed. New ideas have come. Uh, forward. So it's a new season and God is doing a new thing.
0: (laughs) All right. So let's first go. Let's first introduce you because, you know, all people Mm -hmm. know is, oh, wow, she can sing really, really well. (laughs) But besides
1: vocal chords that work well, who are you? Pascal is a lover of Christ Jesus who wants to represent him really well on earth and beautifully as well. Right. Mm. Um, I was raised in South Africa, born in the Congo. We came when I was about nine years old to South Africa. And so my in- entire immediate family lives in South Africa. And, you know, I was raised here. So I can tell you everything about culture shock when I first came to the country. I can tell you everything about struggling with language and picking up language quickly because it was a necessity, not yeah. because. You know, it wasn't an, an option, right? Um, Pascal is also a worship leader, um, a person who who loves to introduce people into the presence of God by being and by singing. Um, okay, yeah, I, I'm one of five siblings. Also, if what? That, if if we can go go Dumb. there as well, I'm fi- one of five siblings, so my parents had their hands full raising <laughs> us.
0: <laughs> and in I'm in the order, born. where
1: do you fit in? I'm a second born, oh, of, uh, and there's three three girls, two boys in our family.
0: Okay, so they could actually have done one more just to even out the
1: odds there. Listen, listen <laughs> I like even numbers, but but for not this that particular much. <laughs> instance. I'm very okay with an odd number of five. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but Pascal, I'm I'm curious now because you were forced to adapt you were forced to learn the language and the culture shock and everything like that. It's not like you had an option and you were young, which does make it more, um, it does make it easier to adapt relative to someone who's older and finds Mm -hmm. it much harder to learn the languages and to, you know, to change your opinions or stuff. Did the fact that you had to adapt and and also face the challenges of being from outside of South Africa. That's a big thing in South Africa, the mm-hmm. whole thing that you're not from yeah. Um yeah. did the that that hardship did it do mm-hmm. something on your inside?
1: I think the the biggest thing it did for me was force me to work a little bit harder than everyone else. Like if everyone else put in twice the work, I would have to double that to four times the work. It taught me the value of of hard work. It taught me the value of persevering and the fact that just because the answer is no doesn't mean you take it lying down, that sometimes opposition will come at you and you just got to push through the difficulties. Um, I remember being bullied as well on the basis of not knowing the language, for example. Um, I remember being in grade five, I was about 10, 11 years old at the time and a girl in class who could read thick books, they like 500 page books uh, that, yeah. that she would read at the time and she'd get picked to read in front of the class as, you know, as the system in, in classrooms. And the one time she says to me, no, P- uh, Pascal's stupid because she, she she can't speak English. And I remember how deeply that hurt me at the time and obviously that created room for a lot of bullying in that year particularly and just coming to a place where I realized well I've got to work hard to prove that I'm not stupid right Mm. so the first thing that I did was take extra lessons after school and I mean God always sends people there was another girl in class who who would say ma'am I want to Pick me to to teach Pascal um, English after school. I'll read with her. And she did that for a good term where she'd spend 30 minutes to an hour sitting with me and reading with me. And we had the best times. She became a good friend of mine. Her name was Nicole in primary school. And it's people like that that reminded me, yes, there is bullying, but there's also good people to mm. counter that. So that, I think that that was protective, even in the space where hardship was such a reality. Um, so... I think you work harder to overcome the bullying, compensate a little bit. But the older you get, you realize, okay, that wasn't that wasn't healthy. Let's get to a place where, <laughs> you know, you do things for the right reasons.
0: Well, look how how capable you are now. You you speak the language so beautifully. <sighs> And um, I'm I'm sure (laughs) I always put myself in people's shoes, you know, and I'm thinking about your parents, especially now I'm a mom and you've got your kids Mm. and you've got to send them to this school. And you know, I mean, you must've come home so Mm. many times in tears because it's heartbreaking. It must've been hard on your family as well. The vulnerability of sending your kids
1: and not being able to actually do something about it. Absolutely. I think I give it up to parents because they take such a risk trying to give the kids the best. And I think my parents did exactly that. They knew it wouldn't come without pain, but that we're doing the best we can for these children, and one day it will pay off. Um, and what helps is that we went through it together. Our family is very united, and one thing our parents did really well, even with five children, a big home, is give us each other. So I never felt alone. Oh, wow. You know, I'd come home from school and, you know, my brother would say the same thing. Can you believe he that I'm stupid? He Can you believe he, he called me, you know, a foreigner or, or stuff like that? And even though we're, you know, you're going through pain, but at least you're not going through it alone. Mm. So I think the unity in family and just coming to a place where it's like, okay, what's working, you know, and If when families working, especially for children, it's such a protective factor. So I thank God for that. And I thank my parents for working hard at, you know, building a united family and making sure we're always sticking up for each other.
0: Yeah, and then you find out, even though that was your challenge at that stage, all stages mm. of life has got their own challenge. Hey. It's like you grow up to another <laughs> set of challenges we can't set run up away. to get you all dependent on God and all of that. <laughs> so, yeah, so uh, true. tell me what happened between the last song that you released and now. You said a lot had happened in the meantime.
1: I'm curious, what did? Yes. Um, so, I remember shortly after I released Settle Down, I saw my first single. God clearly saying to me, I'm gonna do something new. And I, I think the last time we spoke, I had gone through a season of unemployment where I was like, God, where am I even going with my career? Is there any sense of direction? You know. And um, also just looking back on like a, a surgery that I I needed to have for one of, for my eyes, um, where literally the doctor had told me, you're gonna lose vision on this eye if we don't operate right away in the matter of like two days this is not a salvageable uh, problem and going through the surgery and just praying to God, like, Jesus, I need you to show me where I'm headed. Cause in that season I felt that the enemy was trying to steal my vision. But in that season, the Lord was also trying to show me that I will open up your eyes and I will show you something you haven't seen before. And um, so it, it was quite a, you know, a difficult season. And, and and dealing with the the lack but also seeing god restore so much um you know like to be in a place where you know my studies have completed and the lord has provided great employment and i'm doing something that i love doing and and you know with the new project the the release of a new thing it really is a reflection of god breathing new life and it's not just a message for myself but for prophetically for, for others as well who are so in need of a way out and renewal and restoration.
0: It's now funny when you say that that two years ago when we released the last one, then already God had said, "I'm doing a new thing," and that is hey. how Joseph <laughs> and Daniel. Her yes, I'm going to do it now. And now yes. is this relative thing when it comes to God and His timing and all of that? Is you know we expect it to happen now, and He says yes. now, and then now is not now, yes. and then uh, two years <laughs> later you're releasing this. Now I was wondering because. I mean, you've got songs like Stronger and Faithful and mm. and this new thing as well. It sounds, and, and when you go listen to the lyrics of your songs, it's got to do with staying staying the road, not giving up, mm. never giving up, holding fast to him, believing his promises, all of that. To me, it sounded like you had to experience this on your own for you to have this message with conviction to give to the world.
1: Mm. Uh, I love how you how you said that. Like you have to experience it for you to have this conviction. Um, and in worship, uh, our pastors will always encourage us. You can't take people where you yourself haven't been. And I think maybe it's more spiritual than it is actually being through the people's actual life events. I think it's that thing where you almost have to to come to a place of brokenness to say. I know what brokenness feels like and I know that God can restore. This is how he's restored me because our stories differ, but the end goal is always the same. God's always trying to refine our character. God's always trying to bring us closer to him. And God's always trying to show us that your hope and confident hope should lie in him and in him alone. Whatever it takes for us to get to that place, that's the story that's between you and God. But we we can share that experience of brokenness and then coming to a place of restoration. So I think God was trying to create in me a heart that says, um, I've been through some things, but I'm your restorer. And I I don't want to have you tell a story that you yourself haven't been through, because there's so much power in that. and And the word is very clear that They will testify by the blood of the lamb and the power of their testimony. That's how we overcome. And I think testimony is going through something and then coming back and saying, Hey, I survived. You can too. Hey, I'm stronger and you can be too. Hey, I didn't think God was going to come through, but he's faithful and he is. He's come through.
0: Yeah. I'm thinking it's such a beautiful thing to have that authority because even if you're quoting scripture, it can sound so empty if it doesn't have the authority of personal experience. There's there's a brokenness that gives God glory. There's a humility that comes with that brokenness that gives you the yeah. authority to say the hard stuff that you cannot say. You know, if, if you hadn't gone to divorce yourself and you look at someone who's going through that brokenness and you even if you say the truth that is from the word. It's just Mm -hmm. not the same. It's not believable. It sometimes can even hurt people because you don't Mm -hmm. have that authority. So what in your life then brought you to this place where you're saying, okay, I can now release a song at last that says (laughs) the new thing is now here?
1: Mm. I think the moment that God said to me, I'm doing a new thing, but I wasn't seeing it yet. Mm -hmm. I knew that I had to press into the prophetic and to believe it. Because there's been many times when I believe God has given me a promise. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, Lord, thank you. Can I see it now? Right? And then he He almost tells you, I will do it. But this is where faith is required. Mm. You're not going to be able to to do it by yourself. Yes, you know, I'd like to say I'm a hard worker. You know, Pascal is hardworking and all that. But without the favor of God and without God breathing his his presence and his anointing on stuff to excel, you know, our hard work really is futile, it right? Is. So I think it, it's, it's that, that experience that God has, has gave me a promise. And he said, I'm doing a new thing. It's not only in scripture, but it's my message for you right now where you don't feel like anything is, is new. And I'm giving it to you because I'm entrusting you over the next two-year period with stories that will come out And that you will testify that I am indeed doing a new thing. Mm. Um, So I think it's that. It's having to tap into something that I'm not yet seeing. Though the scriptures clearly say, do you not see I am doing a new thing? Or I'm about to do something new? I think what's really profound about that is that he's not saying, I have done. Or that it's in the past. It's for right now and it's for where we're going. And it speaks to people who you know, have been through a season of ashes where there was nothing for a long time. And you almost have to believe it in faith. In and I think of... that that was my my story In faith and in spite of the ashes And the ruins in front of us
0: Oh, I'm thinking of David I mean, he was young when he got anointed He was 15 <laughs> It was 15 yes. years later Before he tasted any crown Like anything mm. He was hunted I mean, Joseph So he gets these dreams He's a teenager when he gets the dreams mm. And then God makes it 100% impossible Gideon, all mm. of them When you look at the Bible mm. Mm-hmm. Stories, it's like God Says faith must happen It must mm-hmm. happen There's there's no shortcut To that and the whole time When I'm l- looking at these stories I'm thinking I wonder what their attitude was like Because right. it doesn't say yeah. <laughs> It doesn't say, I've heard people That they sort of infer it When they look at uh, Joseph's story And when he's in jail and when he, when Everything is so blessed when he's in jail Because he's the one, you know He's God's boy and then I'm thinking, I don't know if two years after the guy says, mm-hmm. I'm going to tell the king about you when I come out and he still mm-hmm. hears nothing. Oh. I don't know if he still had this fabulous attitude. <laughs> so That's what I tell myself <laughs> when I'm in that situation and you get tired. You do get tired. Pascal. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's times where you feel despondent and we you feel you cannot rake up magic up some faith now there's Mm. too much evidence against it and then god puts Mm. you in a body in the body of christ Mm. in your family in we're not Mm. supposed to do this alone are
1: we Mm -mm. not at all not at all i think um you've highlighted something super crucial that when we go through the hardship our attitudes is everything but that we are human Mm. it gets hard And, you know, there are seasons where we want to give up and say, yeah, I've got a promise, but I really don't know if I will see this um, happen. And so many stories you mentioned, Joseph, David, even Moses, who, you know, he's like, I can't speak. My goodness, how are you going to let me, you know, have me uh, take an entire nation out of slavery and bondage when I can't even speak? You know, am I really the right person? the doubts that come with it. But I think that's why it's so important to be found in community and to be found in, you know, among people who encourage you and continue to speak words of, you know, of of affirmation. I want to say that on a superhuman level, somebody coming up to you and saying, geez, I was really encouraged when you said this, when you did this. And I think my church community has been that for me, you know, we You know, I I finished leading worship on a Sunday and somebody uh, comes to me after service and says, Pascal, I I just had a miscarriage and, you know, I'm struggling through it. But the word that you shared during worship today really encouraged me and made me feel seen. Mm. Right. And, you know, even on a personal level, people who who would come up to me and say, I really sense that there's a bigger calling on your life and that God wants to do so much more with you. Yet in that season, I'm like, thank you can i see it (laughs) where Where is this thing but i think it's the constant reminders that when you go to bed you're like okay i had a bad day but that thing that that person said really encouraged me and you just have that that motivation to keep going a day stronger a week stronger and i think that's what that song stronger also taps into you know it's the challenge of hey, you've, you've tried everything you can and, you know, you, you're worn down, you're tired, and you really don't know if you can move mountains like the scripture says. But it's that, you know, hardship is not meant to break us down. It's meant to strengthen us up. It's meant to build strong character and, and to ensure that our confident hope is found in Christ Jesus.
0: Yeah, I'm so happy that you're making music that is biblically true. I always go and check people's lyrics because especially these days with worship music, um mm. people just take it and then it's not true what they say. It's just not true. So, so thank you for that for making sure that what you've got to say corresponds with what God thinks. (laughs) Um, So of all of these songs, because, I mean, it's an EP, so it's got a few songs in there. Which one's your favorite? If you had to
1: choose between your children, which one do you choose? No, don't make me choose. Don't make me choose. I think I'm biased. So all of them are my favorites, obviously. Um, But I do love the message that comes with the song Faithful, um, which was a feature i featured a friend in it his name is king david and king david's got an incredible voice but what stands out to me about faithful is just the the pre-chorus that says nothing is impossible there's a god who can restore his grace is still available he does miracles and i think that speaks so much about like where uh, you know where we've come from like Really is nothing impossible like from what I've experienced. It's it's prophetically declaring that nothing is impossible But that there's a promise that the Lord Can do miracles that is for somebody who is maybe going through a situation where maybe there is no cure Maybe there is no way out, but God is still working miracles and I want to encourage us in that that we're going through times where we think we have seen it all and You know social media you know is very direct about yeah this is how you know healing happens you go to the doctor you do abc for example but we still serve a miracle working god who resurrects who is in the business of healing who's in the business of restoring people that is the god we serve and i never want anything or any experience to take away from that truth so i think Faithful really does that for me. It reminds me that God is faithful through it all um, And that he keeps his promises. That's literally what the chorus says. He's faithful. He keeps the promises he's made His word will never go in vain and he's faithful through it all and that comes from the scripture where it says I sent my word and I healed all diseases um, because I believe that in our nation and The season in which we live, there are people who really are in need of healing. And it may not just be physically, but mentally, emotionally, psychologically, spiritually as well. But God sends his word and it will never go in vain. He's made a promise and he will, every promise he made will come to pass. So I think all of the songs are my favorite. Personally, I started working on a new thing, the song itself. That was the first song that I worked on. And Faithful was... um, the last song that I worked on and started writing. But I, I believe the Lord just said, this is the message. Go with it.
0: Okay, fine. I'll play you Faithful then if that's your favorite <laughs> one. If you insist, I'll play that one. <laughs> but I want people to keep on following you, not only listen to these songs. Um, where do they see and where do they hear your music, but also follow you as a person for what you're doing at the moment?
1: Yes, so the music is available on all digital streaming platforms. That is your um, Apple Music, Spotify, Deezer, whatever your preferred platform is, go there. You will find it on YouTube as well. Um, and you can follow me on Instagram. I'm underscore Just look for Pascali, you'll find it. Same with Facebook as well. Um, yeah, that's where you can find me.
0: All right, we're going to do that. She, you say Pascal, but there's an E
1: at the end, and then y v. V
0: yeah, Find this woman correctly. But let's listen to this one. It's from her EP, A New Thing. This one's called Faithful with King David.